As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staple Show. It's a very special five-star listener question edition dear andy dear ari your questions from your five-star reviews of this podcast on apple Podcasts. we did steal the idea from our friend michael jr and i i I am so glad we did ari because we got some amazing questions we're actually gonna have to split this into a two-parter so here's the week coming up for you we're answering questions today and and there's a bunch and they're awesome and they cover uh the depth and breadth of college football i just wanted to say depth and breadth and then we've got Joel Klatt, who is my choice for the commissioner of college football, if such a person ever exists. He's going to join the show this week. we got Texas State of the Program this week and more questions because you guys took to heart the idea of if you leave a five-star review and ask a question, we will answer it. And you asked some incredible questions. So we've got 20 questions right now. I'd love if you left 20 more. But we, we're going to need two Dear Andy, Dear Ari episodes this week to get through the 20 questions. But I, I'm fine with it because... The question you, episodes are my favorite. Well, and these, Ari, these, these questions are, are awesome for the most part. Like they're, the listeners they're are really smarter good. than I am, so... You yes, know, it's, it's, I, I love our listeners. You, are, you have five-star ears and five-star hearts. And listen, that's, that's all I can say. So five-star questions, the best kind of questions. Let's just get right to it because the first one... I sent it to Ari, and he got fired up immediately. Does Ari have a competitive bone in his body? Ari said on a recent episode of 4 to 6 with A to B, rate, subscribe, and review. This, By the way, this is Sududo7 asking this question. So Ari, so, said on a, <laughs> Ari said on a recent episode of 4 to 6 with A to B, rate, subscribe, and review, that basically Dylan Rayola would decommit if the Buckeyes sign a quarterback in the class, in the 2023 class, Dylan Rayola is the what? Where is he ranked as far as quarterbacks go? He's a five star prospect. I think he's, he's a, the number two player in his in his class. Let me uh, right. Yeah, so the number be, two player overall in the class, number one quarterback in 24. Number one. Okay, and and we're talking about you know he he's the arch Manning of that class essentially. So and this is this is. You know, he's a Nebraska legacy, but he's committed to Ohio State. Uh, Ari Rayola wants to compete. 
if Ohio State signed a quarterback in 23 and Rayola decommitted, Ohio State never wanted him anyway. He is guaranteed nothing. They might sign another top 10 QB in 24. Has Ari lost his mind? Ari, have you lost your mind? Yeah, no, I don't think that I've lost my mind. It's just you got to remember, too, like I've spent 10 years covering that team, and the number one topic during that 10 years covering that team was how they were going to approach quarterback recruiting and how they were going to go about making sure that everybody was happy and, you know, who are we going to offer this class? Do we need a quarterback here? Do we need a fourth one here? I mean, it's a very complex issue, and I understand the the fan sentiment is all we want are people that want to compete. But you have to understand that you want to keep the people that are committed happy because they're the future of the program. And, you know, Ohio State's had a lot of success, you know, recruiting the quarterback position, but they they haven't signed outside of Quinn Ewers, the number two overall player, the number one overall player in the country. So, I mean, this is a very special case. And, and like, I get it. If the guy decommits because Ohio State lands one of the, the quarterbacks they've recently offered in the 23 class, then, you know, you might say, you know, Given the Quinn Ewers treatment, right? Like uh, he he doesn't want to compete or he doesn't belong here or whatever and, you know, make yourself feel good. But, you know, I, I do think that if you have somebody that good committed and you have conversations with that person in order to get them committed, then you should tread very lightly in a class where quarterback isn't necessarily a concern. Well, he, he, here's the here's my take on this. Don't lie to them, especially now. You can't lie anymore. Coaches used to be able to lie a lot in recruiting and say, oh, no, we're not taking we're not taking anybody else. We're, we're only taking one quarterback in that class. And then, of course, they wind up signing another quarterback and it's too late for you to to find another place. But you can't do that now because that player can just leave. And but on the, really on the flip ne- side never of that, show too, up on campus. it certainly has changed the quarterback recruiting um, dynamic because the can't lie to them factors are a huge factor. But. The other factor, too, is that players might be more willing to take risks by signing with programs with loaded depth charts at that position because they know that they will be at a premium the following year if things don't work out. So if you're a three-star player who gets an offer from Clemson and Clemson has five-star prospects on the roster, in 2019, you might not want to go there. But in 2021 or 2022, uh, when you can do that, you can go there, get the coaching for a year, see how you stack up against the truly elite players, the position. And if you don't stack up the, the way that you thought you would, you really don't lose anything by transferring to the secondary school that you would have committed to anyway, if you were scared of the depth. Also, also so, the five stars may transfer out, leaving you as leaving the backup. You, Somebody yes. gets hurt and suddenly you're the starter. Like, so in a, in a world, I guess, and I guess the questioner has a, has a very good point here because, um, you know, why would anybody value a commitment when players on the roster can leave just as easily as a player can decommit. So the entire world has shifted in just the the whole way that you would accumulate quarterbacks. But also I think that it's like a certain special case here because we're talking about the arch manning of his class. And it's like, we had a lot of discussions when Quinn Ewers was, was committed to Ohio state about what player they can side behind him. And what do you do to not upset him? And it didn't, they didn't do anything. And it didn't even matter because he left. So, well, it didn't, it didn't matter because they had CJ Stroud. Like, right. Well, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, Ohio State's always going to have people coming in after you and before you, no matter who you are. So well, I guess, and that, that's that's what I wanted to get to. Certain schools: Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Like they are going to continue to stack highly rated quarterbacks. You're you may be special, and all the schools recruiting you are treating you as special, but you're not as special to them as you would be to other schools because they're just going to sign another one next year. And another one the year after that, and another one the year after that. 
they don't care as long as they're hitting on one at a time. Right. And that and that player may last for three years as a starter. So it's they don't they they only got a bat about three hundred there. They don't you yes. don't have to become a star for them to be successful. And that's the part that you got to remember. And what the listener asked, and, and I agree with this. If I'm Ohio State, if I'm Alabama, if I'm Georgia, now you're different if you're somebody else. But if I'm Ohio State, I absolutely don't want a quarterback who's going to freak out if somebody else commits. Like, bye. <laughs> I don't care. I'll go find yeah. another one because because I'll flip somebody from another school because they'll the, want to come play for me. And that's true, you know. And I guess if you're Ohio State, you have to feel like you know what we're the the master of the ship here and. If we recruit somebody, we're going to recruit them with the understanding that, you know, they could lose their job before they get to college or after they get to college. My only point was on the other show was Ohio State has C.J. Stroud for one more year. Yeah. And on the current roster right now, they've got a five-star quarterback in Kyle McCord, and they have a top 50 quarterback in Devin Brown. So next year, presumably, one of those two players will win the starting job, and the other one will likely transfer. Mm-hmm. So the need for Ohio state to sign a three-star quarterback or a four-star quarterback, even one that has the potential to develop into a very good football player, isn't necessarily there. So if the need isn't there, and I know there are some coaches who believe that you have to have a quarterback in every class, no matter what, I don't know that yeah. I believe that in 2022, that's not necessary. Cause you can grab a transfer. You can grab, a, Ohio state, you grab Ohio a transfer state. from yeah. anybody, especially if that person doesn't fit into the long-term plan. Yes. So my only point was that even if that that is the case, I personally wouldn't want to ruffle take the chance of ruffling feathers of the number two player overall in the country for a person that you might not actually even need. So, you know, all those things that you said are true. And do I have a competitive bone in my body? You have never seen me uh, play beer pong or Madden well, online. I, I, I here, break here, controllers. Here's, here's what I will say to you, Ari, on this. I will say if you are not confident that one of the guys that you have on the roster can capably replace C.J. Stroud in 2023, then you are signing a quarterback this year. Yeah, and you, I mean, and they you just tell Rayola to one of the two know, deal with it that they signed just signed like six months ago. So like, I don't even know if you could get to that conclusion. I mean, I guess maybe you can, but yeah, you know, and Kyle McCord is a very talented player, so I, I have no doubt in my mind that one of those two players will be good enough to start. Well, and, there, and but, De- Devin Brown was was one of those re- recruits that just sort of popped and everybody wanted him at once and like Devin Brown is like a fan favorite now because Devin Brown came to Ohio State with the roster stacked and he's one of those I'm not afraid to compete people and you know I yeah Mac Jones Tua was like that That, that's the thing Tua and Mac Jones signed in the same Alabama class and I think that you might be selling that to Arch Manning right yeah yeah Tua and Mac Jones signed in the same Alabama class despite Jalen Hurts just getting there and and then becoming the starter as a true freshman. Like yeah. That's that is I'm not scared of anything. Well, let that's me ask you, let is. me ask you the question in a different way. In 2022 with all of these new rule changes both with NIL and the transfer portal. Do you believe that players should be treated more delicately by coaches in terms of promises and you know, pampering and all those things. No, they should be treated truthfully, but not delicately. I think, I think that's the, the, the difference there, because if you treat them delicately during the recruitment, you're going to have to coach them hard at some point. And there will be a shock to the system that probably isn't going to work for player or coach. So just treat them truthfully. And like, 
we've seen those leaked Nick Saban recruit zooms. Like that's it. That's what you got to do. Yeah, we'll give you a chance to play. It's we just like a really funny here. dynamic that's though it. when you really break it down because these <laughs> yeah. players are now being paid in some cases. Yep, or have earning potential, but at the same time. In the light of that earning potential, they also can bail on their job and their location at any given time, like pulling a parachute out. So yeah. it's just like you. My personal opinion is that if somebody's being paid, then that person has less rope for you know complaint because like now, yeah, if you're being compensated, then you're an employee and you can be treated like any other employee. Well, they're, or they're a professional not employees. Player. We that, that we can get to that later. But no, yes, I, you, I, you understand I, what this, I'm trying to say. The spirit yeah. of the rule, I, I yes. agree. Yes, they they should they should not be treated with kid gloves. I'm going to ask. I you don't this think that's too, a good idea because I've thought about this, and I'll go back since this is an Ohio State question during my time on the beat. If you go back and you read every critical thing that I ever wrote about Ohio State in my ten years on the beat, I am critical of the coaches and not never the players, and I don't know if that is changing now that these players are being I, compensated i do think that changes a bit because i've always been more willing to criticize an nfl player because they're sure. well compensated for what they do and for a Free college rain. player that right for they're a millionaire. A, yeah they're, they're getting a scholarship everybody else is getting the same scholarship it, it felt a little weird now i think it depends on the situation i think this is this is one of those kind of case-by-case -case basis but yeah it, like Bijan robinson is a good example Dude's got a Lambo sponsorship. Like, he's probably fair game for criticism at this point. Yeah. But the, the, the truth is, is that if somebody has that, then they're probably not doing much on the field to be criticized for anyway. It, well, so, like, it, exactly, exactly. But, so. You know, it is an interesting dynamic to to kind of sift through because my view of the players now is kind of you know slowly but surely shifting a little bit. Well, right, and and I've always said that. Yes, give them right, more rights, more power, but it's just like it's like Spider-Man's Uncle Ben said, with, with great power comes great responsibility. Like you, you're going to have to deal with all this stuff. And you also are going to have to deal with a little more harsh criticism than, than you would have yeah. before. And I mean, three years ago, I was in part of the deal. I was in Rancho Cucamonga, California, and I was at CJ Stroud's high school. And I was sitting with him in the, the football building there having a nice conversation. And like I left that thinking, wow, what a sweet kid. I hope that he he's successful because he's like a nice young man. Mm -hmm. And like now, CJ Stroud probably makes more than 85% of the people who who listen to this podcast. And so if he sucks. <laughs> because he's really good. <laughs> but if he sucks, then I think you could criticize him. You you could. You could. Now, I, I don't foresee that happening, especially no, given who he has won't. to throw to. But yeah. yeah. But yeah. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, 
an official partner of The Athletic. All right, let's get to our next question. This is a really good one. I tweaked a little bit on Twitter just because I thought it was fun, but the actual question's good too. So this is this is Run the Ball 3000 asking about MAC football. Put the best 50 players from the MAC, and this is current players from the MAC, on an all-star team, give them a full summer and off-season of preparation. How many games would they win if this team was in the SEC? And I'd say you, I'd say you could extend this out to 85 so you could give them a, a full roster. So the current players in the MAC, Max Olson helped me out because he saw he saw me post that question on Twitter. So I, this is an interesting stat that I think helps a little bit. He sent me a list of the MAC to Power Five transfers, which should give you an idea of of the market for it. There's only about twenty of them, and the schools are like Arkansas, Georgia Tech. Four of them went to Kansas. Uh, South Carolina, Virginia, Wisconsin, Pitt, Purdue, Ole Miss, Missouri. So that that's the level we're dealing with. Now, there are going to be some good players in the MAC who are happy on their teams, who are going to be drafted in the NFL, so they would be in this group too. That team's going like one and seven in the SEC. Meeting Vandy? Maybe. Yeah. I think they would, I think they would go winless. I, I think because they're, they're good players and they're, they're – more likely to be older, more experienced. They could catch a young team and beat them on the right day. But the way I tweaked this question, Ari, made it much more interesting. And just just to just to think of assembling but let, this before team. You, before you okay, go, go to the tweak, let's talk about go this ahead. a little bit more. Yeah. I think the Mac, as a really, really, really uh, consistent Mac over better, has a lot of very... Uh, good skill position players like sneaky good yes. sometimes they're undersized they because, tend to like, fall through the cracks they're yes. undersized or maybe their grades weren't good and they you know got lost in the shuffle but yes but i exactly. don't know if they could line up physically that and that's the issue and in and, and the line of the line of scrimmage is where you have the problems because there there is the occasional like eric fisher who was the number one overall pick was a lot of offensive tackle from central michigan but that doesn't come along all that often. So, yeah, I, I do think they would they would get beat up pretty bad in the trenches. But so I made this an, a best 50 all time Mac team. And oh, my God, it's a fun team. So, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is probably your quarterback. And I had forgotten that Marshall played in the Mac in 1997, which means Randy Moss played one Mac season, which means he's eligible for this team. Yes. So your receivers are like Randy Moss, uh, Antonio Brown, Julie. We're we're moving Julian Edelman, who was a Kent State quarterback. We're going to move him to receiver because he's not as good a quarterback as Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, we're also going to have Antonio Gates as our tight end. I mean, but are it, you viewing these players as what they turned out to be in the NFL? Or are you viewing their college? Their college? Yeah, what they turned out to be. Okay, I guess. I mean, I so, don't, I wonder if they would have been able to win, go five hundred if they were the if they were the college versions of themselves. James Harrison and Jack Lambert are two of your linebackers. You have Khalil Mack and Jason Taylor coming off the edge. I love this team. You might can you have JJ Watt? Now he started at Central Michigan, but then he went to Wisconsin. So I don't know if we if if we can count him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably not if you end your your season there uh, at a Power Five school, but. Um, didn't Greg Jennings go and play in the he match did. too? He did. Greg yeah. Jennings is another one. Yes. Um. So yeah, there's a. 
I think that you you could make the case that if you took any um, conference in the Division One level and took the 50 best players that ever played in that conference in the history, that they would be a 500 team in the SEC no matter what. Like oh, if you did I, this with like Sun well, Belt or something, I mean, like this, I still th- the, the all time the all time MAC team, the one we just talked about, would smash any current college team, like any single college team that ever existed. <laughs> I mean, if you just like look about James Harrison on one side of the ball, Ben Roethlisberger throwing to Randy Moss on the other side of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they would just crush. Don't, don't forget about about our boy. I don't even know. Like I don't know this uh, off the top of my head, but the Chad Pennington playing the MAC. Or was that a different year? No, no, okay. he was already gone. I, I think Byron Leftwich had one year in the MAC, though. Yeah, so you That's got some guys good. there. I mean, yeah. I guess Ben Roethlisberger is probably a Hall of Famer, right? So, yeah, you know, I, he, I think yeah. he's he's the best the best of the bunch. I think, but I mean, yeah, the, the, it would be it would be fun, and obviously, you could probably do the same thing with Alabama or Ohio State or Notre Dame, where you took their top fifty and made a whole team, and it'd be pretty awesome. Uh, I did get a great question on Twitter. Would would the Pitt all time team be the best all time team? And and you go okay, I'm not sure. But then you think about it, you have I mean, maybe the best. In, come, yeah, I mean maybe like the Larry best interior lineman right? ever yeah. in Aaron Donald. Yeah, you have Dan Marino throwing to Larry Fitzgerald and handing off to Tony Dorsett. <laughs> like you have Hugh Green coming off the yeah. edge. It's a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if we actually like did a series of this and like did the all time teams forever and have fans like submit their all time teams. Like oh, yeah. if, if at the end of the road, cause like if you did it with Alabama or Ohio state or teams that have a ton of draft picks, I guess you just automatically assume that they would be. But like, I wonder if there's like a team like Pitt out there that, you know, you might not view in the same light as some of those other teams, but actually have like an alumni base that could beat or play with some well, of the, the alumni the, the bases of the other bigger schools. Pitt of the late seventies was the best program in the country. It was utterly dominant in the late seventies and, and early eighties. So I think that's a lot of the, you know, a lot of the players are coming from that era, but they've also had just some great players kind of one-off situation where you go from Larry Fitzgerald to, and then Aaron Donald comes in a few years later. And so, yeah, I, I think that would be a lot of fun. So that maybe that's another, that might be an off season project for next year. Cause I, I hate to say this, sorry, but, we're getting very we're getting close, close to, to the season. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. that I, I just like we'll typed in, in the best players in Arizona history just because I was curious. Oh, yeah. And I don't think they would be very good. Gronk but and Teddy Bruschi. Gronk and carrying, Teddy Bruschi. Carrying a lot of the load. I'm not, but like they don't have, I don't know if they would have the interior linemen and stuff like that. Right. Um, but that pit team is nasty. It is. It is. <laughs> the yeah. all time pit team would kick some ass. So, and you would be right, betting on them every week, wouldn't you, Andy? Uh, well, no, <laughs> they'd be killing me. I know when, when they play like all time Ohio state, what happens when they play all time NC state and Phillip river slices and dices? I mean, I've never seen, cause like you always see these off season, uh, you know, stories that people try to get through the off season of like all time greatest teams, but I've never seen like an all time greatest teams bracket. I think that'd be fun. I, cause I mean, Notre Dame, Ohio state, Alabama, Oklahoma, like you could have so much fun with it. USC. I also I, think that they would all be so dominant that it would be impossible yeah. to know who. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. Florida State and Miami. You, can you imagine Miami? All-time teams. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, I mean Miami's 2001 team might just beat everyone else's all-time team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, and that's the thing. You go, oh wait, no, because you get to replace Ken Dorsey with Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, or Bernie Kosar, or Jim Kelly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. I bet you didn't think we were going to have a second Mac question, but we do. 
Uh, they say that we only talk about national championships on this podcast. ARL 860408. Love this pod. And of course, it gets off topic, but that is what makes it great. Thank you. Selfish question. Generally curious as a Central Michigan fan, is there any way a Power 5 school would take Jim McElwain back based upon how it went down at Florida? I'm convinced no, but not sure others feel the same way. Who is right? Follow up. If it's date night with your spouse, what meal are each of you showcasing your cooking talent with? We'll get to that in a second. Let's let's do the Jim McElwain question first. So Jim McElwain, in light of the way things went at Florida with Dan Mullen and the recruiting, his recruiting looks better in hindsight, especially when you consider that he found or his staff, uh, Doug Nussmeyer and Randy Shannon, uh, found and developed Randy Shannon found Doug Nussmeyer developed Kyle Trask uh, or, or stood on the table for Kyle Trask. And then they had Kyle Pitts committed and Mullen ultimately signed him. Some pretty good players that, that they had. Uh, Jamar Chase was actually quite interested in Florida right before that staff got fired. Brad Davis was the the assistant who was recruiting him and, and Davis ended up coaching at LSU. Uh, so in hindsight, that looks a little better. Now, I will say... The strength program at Florida was not anywhere near what it needed to be. The staff would have to be different. He would have to he would have to have a more you know power five level staff. They they didn't have a good strength program. Guys were going off campus to find workouts because they felt like they weren't getting what they needed. Um, and the Florida State games, I think, told the tale of his tenure. You know, he coached twice against Florida State. They got hammered both those games, and. Jimbo Fisher had a, an actual talented roster that was capable of, I don't know if it was capable of competing for national titles, but it was, it was really good. And they just couldn't compete against those teams, which should tell you they weren't capable of competing against the, the Alabama teams that they ended up having to play in the, in the SEC championship game. So that's, that's the thing. So yes, I do think Jim McElwain all could get a power five job because he is a good coach, is a fairly good X's and O's coach. Ari, I think if Will Greer doesn't get suspended, Jim McElwain may still be coaching in Florida. Was he on the shark or not? No. No. Did you see the video Barstool did? No, I don't. I, I have no idea. I just think it, I. They brought the guy who says it was actually him to meet Jim McElwain. Oh, it okay. Was I should probably watch that. Okay. Because like I look at that and I can't. There's no decipherable difference between those two men. They brought the guy. And when you see the guy, you're like, okay. I, I, all right, I, I see it now. So, okay. all right, I'll, it, I'll check it out. It was hysterical, but so you've got that. I, I do think so. Somebody, I don't know who. Let's say Purdue loses Jeff Brom. Let's say I, I, I don't know where you'd put him. You know, Lance Leipold wins some games at Kansas and moves on, something like that. I do think he's capable of of being a Power Five coach and an effective one. It would take a little better staffing. You're going to need a, you know, a little more youth in the weight room. But I think... And also being the head I coach at Florida is a much different job than being the head coach at a, 80% of the other. It's a very tough job, as yeah. we discussed multiple times on this podcast. Yeah, but also like being the head coach at, at Florida is different than being the head coach at Wisconsin or Purdue or anywhere else that isn't yeah. in that national championship discussion. It's like a completely different job. Yes. And, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what tripped up Mullen. You know, Mullen was so good at Mississippi State and they were they were so much better than what Mississippi State is used to being. But 
that's not acceptable at Florida. That's not good enough. And 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 Florida, you know, he he wins double digit games the first couple of years. The third year would have been double digits if they'd have, if they'd have played a regular schedule. But then it became clear that they were not recruiting at the right level. And actually, that that brings us right into another question, not to can make I, this can, an all Gators podcast, but yeah, you go ahead, Ari. I have to say something. Go for it. I wish we had like a uh, button for like the Ari hot take meter, but I have a hot okay. take. Yep. I think that you could make the case that being the head coach in the a uh, head coach in the MAC is the hardest job in college football. I think you might be right about that. And the reason why is because all of the teams, for the most part, are located within driving distance of each other, like very close, right? They're all in the Midwest for the most part. Am I but you're all fishing. You're fishing from the same pond. You're, you're not only fishing from the same pond. Your schools, like are unless you go visit and have an intimate knowledge of them are pretty indistinguishable from one another. I like, think the Miami of Ohio or the Miami of yeah, Ohio, yeah, the Ohio U in crowds there. are going to be like, listen, Ari, like Ohio U their Halloween sounds pretty epic, Buddy, like, I'm I want to go to yeah. Athens, Ohio for Halloween. I've been there. It's great. Kent, Akron, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, and all these teams have very similar campuses and, are all recruiting from the players that rank between 1,000 and 2,500. So, like, I don't know how you're all fishing from the same pond, but you're also selling very similar sales pitches. Mm -hmm. And you're also evaluating without much resources. There's no assistance. Right. And, like, somebody commented on Twitter at me the other day that already thinks that, that coaches use 247 as their guide for the recruiting boards. No, I don't. That's bullshit. But I do think that there are certain aids to them being able to access highlight tapes and offer lists and different things for recruiting. When you're out recruiting the Mac, it's complete no man's land. Well, you, you also don't have the resources that a big 10 yeah, school, or you might have SEC. one or two people or, running or the recruiting department schools. Like the guy, we're just the, the guy we're going to mention this next question had staffed up a Sunbelt school so that it, it could have a better recruiting department than than the other Sunbelt schools and and better than what any what you'd find in the Mac better than what you'd find in a lot of the Mountain West. So I mean, it's, And you know what I say on this hard. podcast all the time which is having a, a coach that understands it and has a plan and wants to execute that plan is the biggest battle. I don't yes. know if I were hired at Akron what my plan would be. Well, Joe Moorhead better have one. And maybe he does. And and he's now he's been at smaller schools with tougher recruiting situations. I, I would imagine Fordham's situation is tougher than Akron's. So I, I think it's like, I'm just trying to picture myself. Like if, if I, I picture myself sometimes like when a job, you know, how Chris Vanini does all those uh, job profiles. Like I right. picture myself, like if I were a head coach, how would I approach this job interview? And like, I feel like I, with the power five level, I think I could probably come up with a good, you know, with 10 minutes to really think you'd about have a it. big, you'd have a very, I'd have a big think board, you know, yeah. I'd be like that guy from sunny Philadelphia with all the things pointed everywhere. Like, here's how I would do it. If I were the head coach, Akron, I'd be like, uh, recruit Ohio <laughs> and be better at about, like, I don't even know what the, the, the pitch would be. So maybe it's not harder than recruiting at Alabama. Um, or I mean, coaching in Alabama where they expect you to never lose a game ever. But I think that the challenges of, of coaching yeah. at a Mac school should be respected it, and, it and certainly are by me. Definitely has a, a, a unique set of challenges. All right. So this one, not not to belabor the Florida recruiting point, but this is this is a question that is right in your wheelhouse. So uh, this is from Willie Goat 1996. 
If Billy Napier can average a number 11 class over the next three years, do you think he will have a national title contender roster being in fertile recruiting country? Ari, I think I know what you're going to say, but by all means, the floor is yours. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not averaging number 11. Might Maybe have nice teams. Number six. I think number six is even pushing it. But number six, unless means it you've evens been in the top out a little five bit at least more. once. Yeah, if you average the number six and just not uh, in a current reality where 65% of the top 100 players go to five schools. Right. So, like, like, I think that if you're number five, sometimes you're on the outside looking in. If you go back and look, I think Oregon signed the number five class two years ago. And I think they had like three or four top 100 players, and the top four teams ahead of them all had like 60 combined. So, like, they were in the top five, and it's a nice distinction. But if you compare their class to the classes that Alabama signed, it's not even in the same stratosphere. So number 11, I think you're, you're signing a, a Penn state class or a Michigan class. Yeah. Now if, if NIL or, or some other factor causes the talent, the talent to be more dispersed more evenly than, than yes. And that's but, like the entire, like per, if you're a person who wants parody, that's the solution to it. Right. But it's, it's not, it's a, it's not necessarily parody. It's just, it's more parody at the top it still screws West Virginia and Arizona State in that group. Yeah, but if you if you said for the next 15 years, the top 100 recruit, recruits in the country uh, will go on average to 12 schools instead of four. That would be a much better The entire sport the would be season. different. Yes, it And would. I think that people think the expanded playoff or NIL or transfers are going to change that, and I think transfers might be able to help with the disbursement of talent as, as players leave. But, you know, I also think that players leave from bad places to good places too so yeah um i that's the number one question that i get asked as a person who writes about recruiting in, in theory a lot and i don't know what the answer to that question is but number 11 as as recruiting currently is situated is not good enough it they might be good it, yeah. like nine and three teams and maybe he's a really good coach and can coach some guys up but like you know penn state's won the big the big uh 10 before recruiting in that realm Michigan was recruiting in that realm and they just beat Ohio state and won the big 10. I'm not saying they, but the sec is a much harder conference too. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 you're just going to need a huge renaissance of, and Florida's got a lot of guys on their board, Andy. I know you're paying attention to this. Yeah. I'm very curious how it's going to go. It's actually similar to the Michigan state conversation we had last week where they're getting them to come look, but they got to get them to say, yes, they got to get them to pick Florida over Georgia or Alabama. That's the challenge. So we will find out over the next few months how that's going. And I think that's that's the part you can't really tell. You know, as, as far as staffing, as far as everything else, Billy Napier has done exactly what it appears Kirby Smart would have done or Nick Saban would have done. And I'd say that was the goal when he was hired. But now the players have to choose them, too. And that's that's yeah. to be seen. Now that you just said the words Michigan State, I feel like I have to say something. Okay, go for it. I, I, for whatever reason now, and I don't know if this is going to be a thing, I hope it's not, Michigan State picked up another commitment from a top 200 player. And like everybody's tweeting at me going, suck on that, big guy. Like, tuck's coming. Like, <laughs> right, I, I don't know you're how You're waiting I'd be... for the top 100 No, 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 no. I'm actually trying to extend an olive branch. Oh, okay, okay. I, because I have, I feel like I might've been misunderstood a little bit. I don't want 
I, I don't want people to think that I think it is bad that they're trying. I think it's awesome that they're trying and Tuck really does seem to get it. Like yes. those photo shoots he had, the Lambos, the players that he's getting on campus, it's all adding the G- up. And the G Wagon was a nice touch. I like If you are a if you are a Michigan State fan, I think you have a lot to be excited about. I think where I spun out a little bit was just the discussion of winning national titles. Right. So if I can admit that I came across poorly in in the in the conversation of, well, he's trying and maybe he can be Dabo and do it. And like I'm rooting for him because I think whenever a program invests in a team and a program the way that Michigan State has invests in a coach and that coach understands it and has a plan or has has a grandiose idea of what they're how do you not root for that? Okay. Well, and, so, and that was that was the point I was trying to make, and I think the point Colton was trying to make. Yes. Is it's very similar to what Miami is doing, what Michigan State is doing. They are putting the resources behind it and they have a person at the helm who actually understands what the roster is supposed to look like. And I know I keep harping on that, and especially in relation to the Big Ten, but it's the truth. If you've not coached one of those teams or been around one of those teams, like you may not fully understand the level of player you actually need and how many of them you need, how deep you have right. to be. And, and there's no question that Mel Tucker knows exactly what you need to have on your roster. Exactly, and, and Mario so my, Cristobal does too. So so that's why I look at both those situations where you have the, the schools putting the resources behind those guys. And I think, okay, then there's a chance this could work. It, does, it doesn't guarantee. It's like, yeah, it's like of course. Billy Napier. Does that's it the guarantee hope. That's anything. the reason they're fans. And I right. realize that the way that I came across in the last, because I listened back to it, because of the way that people were reacting to me on Twitter wasn't what I was hoping would happen. So that means that the communication on my side was poor, and for that I apologize. And I think that it's awesome that you have something to root for and to feel like your coach gets it. Yeah. That's my olive branch. But the one thing I, I like want it. people to, to, to meet halfway, though, on is can we just at least pump the brakes on national championship until he gets a commitment from at least one top 100 player? <laughs> right. Well, like, and that's, like that's, that's what I keep telling it. It may not work. And that's why <laughs> I think that's try a, it, but it may not work. And I think that the conversation really went off the rails because I heard national championship like five times. Yeah. And I started like bugging out like a robot that like somebody well, that, poured that's, water on. That's it. me saying when they pay you like that, your job is to win the national championship. Yeah. And I'm not backing off that. It's the truth. Sure. I agree. So yeah. that, that's, that's just how it goes. We'll be right back after these words. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is from David Fox. This is one of our more dedicated listeners. Tweets at us all the time. Uh, very common question I've been getting in this era. And talking about the podcast, great listen. You can lear- usually learn something new that blows Ari's mind. For example, <laughs> he recently learned that a five-night Disney vacation for three might cost him 15 grand. That's only if you're trying to do the uh, the concierge, take you to the front of the line service every day. Have you ever heard but, of the Rosewood? No. It's a hotel chain. 
There's one in Miramar Beach uh, uh, up in Santa Barbara, and it's the most beautiful hotel I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's got this beautiful bar in the back uh, of it. Does if you've it been to the Rosewood Miramar cups? Beach, it it is legit. Like they have a Brunello Cuccinelli store where a tracksuit's fifteen thousand bucks. Like that's the type of money that's walking through these places. Yeah, and it costs twenty two or twenty three hundred a night to stay there. Okay, so you're telling me that I could take my family to the nicest hotel on the face of the freaking planet, uh huh, for less than it costs to go to Disney World. Cinderella's not going to come say hi to your daughter there. Ariel's not going to say hi to your daughter there. So, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I just, when I think of elite level vacationing, $15,000 and get yeah, you all you're the thinking, week. You're thinking about it like a an adult male and not like a kid who's going to be in control of your finances and your wife's finances for the next foreseeable future. Till you die, probably. So that that's you're just going to have to accept that. So all right, let's let's get to David's question. Do you ever foresee a scenario where collectives pay tuition as part of the deals with players, allowing coaches to classify the highest rated players as quote unquote walk-ons, allowing for legal oversigning? Here's the thing. I could see this happening in very rare cases where you're at your 85 and somebody wants to transfer in and they're good and they fill a need. But in terms of just stocking your roster so you have like 110 scholarship quality guys no you know why because only 11 can play at a time and i know you're all going to say matt castle but historically you kind of have to play if you want to make it to the nfl and also this is a a competitive marketplace the best players are going to take the best deal guess what won't be the best deal the one that makes them a walk-on I think that this, this was like the number one fear from everybody with the NIL, right? It's like that you were going to get like 1963 teams that have 9,000 players on the right. sideline. Bear Bryant stashing players on, on swim scholarships. That's not going to yeah. happen now. Well, I mean, the thing about it is if in theory, it kind of makes sense in application. I don't think it could happen. Well, but remember NFL players sold cars in the off season back then. Like the amount of money at the end of the rainbow is so much bigger now. So you're not going to a place where you're going to be seventh string when you get there. Yeah, no, I think I think that application of this is hard to hard to come around to. I think theory it makes it's like okay, well I could see why somebody would want to be the 86th player, um, or they can get more more players. Right, and, and that's why that, that's why I play. can I can see it happening in a very rare circumstance where a team is at 85, likes the 85 they got. And there's somebody at a position of need who would like to transfer in. That is the only time I can see this happening. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, but also tuition would be a very, very small fee in comparison to what some of these NIL deals look like, too. If it's a state school, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what tuition is at Harvard, but. <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> Listen, all of a lot of the private schools, whether they be Ivy or not, the, the tuition numbers would blow your mind. Like, it's expensive. It costs more money to send my daughter to daycare for a year than it costs for my four years at Arizona. <laughs> exactly. Yes. In-state state school tuition for us, like... I was paying like $2,200 a semester it's, or something. It's a very quaint yeah. notion. Yeah, I, I think the average uh, cost for a semester at Florida when I was there was like 1900 bucks. Like, it is... Yeah. It's not even close. So, but the, 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 we're in a different world now, and, and the private school's... Are, we're always a different world and, and they're even more of, of one now. So now I, I think I don't think 
you're going to see that happening that much. Now, maybe there's like an Operation Aunt Becky or whatever, Varsity Blues. It was called Operation Varsity Blues. Aunt Becky had to go to jail because of it. Now, maybe if you want to start a new scam like that. Is she still locked up? No, no, no. I think she's okay. Did she actually go to jail? I think she had to. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Imagine loving your kid that much that you would commit a felony to get him into college. Are you loving your kid that much? Are you loving yourself that much? Like, I mean, it's probably here's my thing about that. that. So Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky, I believe, did not go to college. Wound up a very successful person with a very lucrative career. So why would she think that her kid had to go to USC to have the same level of a success? USC is a really good school, right? Yes. I just I thought it was funny because you would think that you would pull that scam off to go to like Stanford. Well, they were. Stanford was yeah, another no, Stan- school but involved. But like the fact that USC was like the one of the main. It's like okay, I can see doing it for Stanford. I don't know that I could do it for for some other school that's not in that realm. But again, why? Why don't I, I thought parents usually, I mean, I, I don't know. I usually go for my own life experience when I'm talking to my kids. Like, I would think Aunt Becky would be like, hey, I didn't need it. Why do you need to go to a fancy private school? You can go to community college. If you you'll knew, be fine. If your son, just as an example, was struggling as a standardized test taker, but you knew mm-hmm. he was smart enough to get through college. Yes. And you knew that he was going to have a hard time getting the score that he needed on a standardized test or an SAT. Right. And you knew for sure that you weren't going to get caught. Uh Uh-huh. Would you pay any amount of money to make sure that somebody took the test for him or that he got the score that he needed so that he could get into school? Absolutely not. That's a horrible lesson to teach him. He can go to community college, get the AA, and then move on to the four-year school. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I just didn't, I didn't know like what perfectly yeah. viable path. No, I listen. I have a friend here that told me, and I don't know if I get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it <laughs> well, anyway. Don't don't name the friend. I'm not going to. He told me, and I don't know if it's true or not, but he told me that his father paid a lot of money to have the SAT proctored. Is that the right word? Proctored. That's the person in the room. Yeah. Yes, that's, and that's the proctor to took it. Wow, that's. That blows my mind. But, you know, people feel like you have to get into the right college. And and maybe if you want to be an investment banker or a senator, you do. Did you take and, the SAT? Yeah. What'd you get? You Am I know? putting you on the spot? No, I'm happy to tell you. It's pretty high, isn't it? Because you just smirk like, a, like you found a piece of candy in your pocket. Well, let me put it this way. The PSAT and the SAT made sure I did not pay a penny for college. You got a high SAT score? Yeah. I had oh, yeah. You got into Princeton, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a 1500 on the SAT. I had, I had a Holy perfect shit, verbal man. and a 700 math. So, you want to hear mine? Sure. Guess my score. Uh, 1100. That's perfect. That's what I got. All right. And I took and it guess hungover what? after prom. We're doing the same damn thing. So well, see how much that matters? You're more successful than I am. No. You're, I'm older than you. By the time you're my age, you'll be way more successful. When did you start working at Sports Illustrated? Uh, I was 29. Okay, discussion's over. What's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. But no, I. I. It's funny, and maybe it's because of the path I took. Like, I don't think it matters. Like, it only matters good, in certain fields. Yeah, if you're if you're good in most fields, you will succeed, regardless of where you went to college, where you started. Like, maybe it's different if you want to get into politics. Maybe it's different if you want to get in, in, into law. Uh, investment banking, that sort of thing. I don't know. 
But for for what we do, doesn't matter where you come from. Really doesn't. So one of my best friends in the entire world makes like eight hundred thousand dollars a year as a medical malpractice attorney, and I think he went to like American Samoa or Saul Goodman went for law school. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'd be a fun fun three years in law school. So. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I agree with that. I speaking, think that if speaking of that, that that actually takes us right into our uh, Big J Oklahoma seventy seven question. What college town do you want to live in outside of L.A. or Gainesville? Hi, I'm a longtime oh, okay. listener. Live in Oklahoma, born in Norman. I agree, Gainesville and maybe L.A. in a stuff to do kind of way is nicer to be at. You've obviously never been to Gainesville. I, I live here, but in terms of stuff to do, I went to college here. Like stuff to do is drink and go to the movies. Like that's the stuff to do. Uh, so no, that's not. It's not because of a stuff to do thing. Uh, my question is, if you can't pick, where do you want to be? So personally. They love Austin, Texas. Now, Austin's not a college town. Austin is a large American city. It is the capital city of the state of Texas. Like, if the University of Texas was not in Austin, Austin would still be a big town. Like, it would still be a a big spot on the map. If the University of Florida was not in Gainesville, there would be like three feed stores here. So that's a college town. So we're talking, we're talking about college town. Now, Norman's a college town. And like Norman, Norman and Gainesville, somewhat similar, but Norman is actually much closer to a big city. Like Norman is a is a bedroom community to Oklahoma City. Gainesville is two hours from Jacksonville, Orlando, or Tampa. So you you are driving if you want to go to one of those. Uh, Boulder is a college town. Now closer closer to Denver than than some so like than State College is to Pittsburgh or or, or Philadelphia. But Boulder's Athens is a college town closer to Atlanta. It's funny than, that you said Boulder because that's was going to be my answer. Boulder's a great answer. Um, or Madison, Wisconsin. Not is that, is again, that count or is that a state camp, it's capital? The capital. I don't know. Well, Tallahassee is sort of the one that throws the whole state capital thing off because it is still a fairly small town despite being a state capital. And Madison. What about Ann Arbor? Ann Arbor is definitely a college town. Now, it, I think Ann Arbor would be on my list. Ann Arbor is a great college town. Yeah. Ann Arbor, very similar to, to Norman, like Ann Arbor to Detroit as Norman is to OKC. Like you are you are in a metro area there. There's not woods in between you and the big city. So I think that's that's it. Like State College is an isolated college town. You are well, an hour and a half from beautiful. Harrisburg. What's that? Boulder is just beautiful. Boulder is. I think State College is beautiful. What too. is the what's the most beautiful uh, college town? Just from a scenic look, the most beautiful campus I've ever been to is is Virginia. Now that's the campus itself. Charlottesville, the town is 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 fine, but the campus itself is gorgeous. Um, Boulder would be up there. I mean, you've got if you want to, you could do Laramie, Wyoming. You could do Bozeman, Montana, if you want to go that direction. Tucson. Tucson's beautiful. Yep. Well, away um, from the further away you get from Arizona, the better. I really like Eugene. I think I think yeah. Eugene's a cool town. So, no, Boulder's my answer. I think that's a good answer because you can't pick be Miami. My you can't pick LA. Yeah, Miami's not a college town. Um, I think you Athens can't pick would Salt Lake City. Nope. You can pick I'm Logan, trying to think Utah. of like be- I'm trying to. What'd you say? You Logan, Utah. You, Provo is a college town. Um, but College Station, Texas is a college town. It's even it's right there in the name. But like Baton Rouge, if LSU wasn't in Baton Rouge, there'd still be a city there. 
Yeah. Well, Baton Rouge might be an answer, too, but I guess it doesn't count. Yeah. You're standard, I guess. Like, So what? what is your answer? Athens, Georgia. Well, you just love Athens, Georgia. It's the best college town in America. It is, it, it is everything you want in a college town. And close enough to a huge city. Like, that's the thing. You get the small town feel. Would you rather be but, close to Atlanta or closer to Denver? Well, I'm Southern, so I'd rather live in Georgia than, than Colorado. So yeah. that's, that's probably it. That, Colorado that, is just like there. a really great state. I think sure. it'd be more my vibe. Well, and the weather in, in that area is fantastic, too. Everybody, you know, people who don't go there think oh it just snows all the time because that's where everybody goes skiing no it's not like that it's it's much milder and but you do have seasons and but no i i in tempe I think, is tempe a college town no it's just a suburb of phoenix i mean <laughs> i'm trying to weasel my way into the southwest and i'm having i do a hard like time. tempe though is las vegas well, a college town <laughs> I th- maybe i think we could call malibu a college town it, yeah, well, I, I was going to say Malibu, but then you had the distinction of actual college town. So I don't know if Malibu is. I think Malibu would be there if Pepperdine wasn't. But <laughs> yeah, okay. But, so then Malibu's off the list. I'm trying to think yeah. of like what coastal city I could live in that would count. Does Boca Raton count? <laughs> I think you can count that. Go okay, ahead. Then Boca. FAU. Okay, then that's my answer. You you and I think Lane's still got a place there. Lane Kiffin, uh, who's no, been Boca torturing Tennessee fans town. on Twitter tonight. So... I think I think that one will work. We'll give you Boca. No, Boca's not a college town. You've been there. We're I think Palm Beach it's a Atlantic retirement is community too. for people in from New York. <laughs> I'm going is. to Palm Beach in three weeks. You got any I reps? know. I, I'm well I'm going I'm going there the week before you, so I'll let you know. Okay, I'm gonna request to be in the same room as you. You can leave me a gift. <laughs> I I will get right on that. Now my kids are coming with me, so we're gonna have a, a the two queen rooms. So you're not gonna oh. want, you're not gonna want that one. No, we're not. All right. We've probably got to wrap this up. I don't know how many questions we've gotten to. I will count them when I when this we has been a fun show. I don't want to back. stop. But we're going to make sure we get to all these questions, because I said, if you leave a five star review and ask a question, we are going to answer it on the show. So even if I just sprinkle it into other shows, we will. But we're going to do another one of these at the end of the week, because, again, you do have some great questions. But I, I want to leave on this question from Tyson. And I've got to find the slide for our, our, our YouTube viewers. So. Here's a question from Tyson. Uh, SEC venues and sh- and a shameless request from Tyson, which is a, I mean, a very generous offer, actually. I wouldn't even call that a shameless request. I just call it a very generous offer. Uh, calls it the best college sports cast in the business. We appreciate that. Had a great time going to 45 college football and NFL games last year, which is pretty awesome. But this year is quality over quantity for me. What two SEC matchups would you recommend and can I be you and Ari's designated driver for one of them? I will hang up and listen. Well, that's, yes, that's, Tyson, you could absolutely be designated, Dave. Well, he's also like the number one unquestionable answer to this is the game I think we're going to. Well, yes. Okay. The, at this point, it has to be A&M Alabama for number one. That's the one you can't miss. That is, it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be and just the tension. Now, I don't know how good the game's going to be because it's in Tuscaloosa. Texas A&M has not done that well in Tuscaloosa since the first time they came there as an SEC team in 2012. But, man, they gave us a lot of entertainment this offseason, and the, the hype around that game is going to be spectacular. So that's the one, that's one. If I had to pick another one, Ari. Now, do out-of-conference games count? 
I I think so. I think it has to be a conference game. So, well, I mean, all he wants to do is go to a good game, so I think that it, it well, can Penn count. Penn State at Auburn would be fun. I think it has to be on an SEC campus, though. Okay, so Penn State at Auburn would be one that I would think about. I don't know that that's the one I'd pick, but but I definitely think about that one because you know I, Auburn. We don't. Everything that happened kind of sours the the mood a little bit. But Auburn fans are great. They go crazy. They're very loud. They tailgate great. So I, I think they'd be a lot of fun. The one I think is going to be kind of a blow the roof off kind of atmosphere if they can get past the Pitt Panthers in week two is Florida at Tennessee. And I, I, I'm not even thinking about what Florida is coming in. If Florida is undefeated coming in, that that makes it even more spicy. I don't, with Florida playing Utah and Kentucky right out of the shoot, I'm not imagining they're undefeated going into this game. But this is week four. If Tennessee beats Pitt and they're undefeated and they're favored against Florida, Knoxville is going to be on fire that weekend. It's going to be a tremendous atmosphere. It's, because it's a damn shame that Georgia and Alabama don't play in the regular season again. Well, if they figure out that schedule, then they'll play at least twice every four years. Yeah. So I think I, I think that'll be great. But I I would go with that Florida Tennessee game just because Tennessee's been starved for this and if they are undefeated. Now they could go up to Pitt and lose and maybe that takes a little shine off of it. But this is this is a rivalry and we call it a rivalry but it hasn't really been much of one. I mean since 2005 Tennessee's only won once. That was in 2016. So the the pressure release if they are really better this year like that town will be amazing. Can I get weekend. a sneaky it's, one in Knoxville's there? Knoxville's a, fan, a fantastic town. Go ahead. I think that your answer was good. I have a sneaky one. Okay. If you can hold your water. Okay. The Egg Bowl in Oxford this year. Oh, the Egg Bowl is tremendous. I, but I, also I, because I, Mississippi might be really freaking good this year. Yes. Well, Mississippi State could be good this year. There, yeah. This is an old team. And that's a that's a, that's a a Thanksgiving Day tradition. Mm-hmm. Like, we like I've never been to that. I would die to go to that. That would and, be spectacular. Uh, and, and I've heard Oxford is one of the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful campuses in the SEC too. It is. It is a beautiful campus in the square. Uh, we could we could go to City Grocery, have some shrimp and grits. I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty spectacular. Go up to the bar upstairs and and just chill. I, I do think that would be outstanding. I I think the Egg Bowl. So we know about the Iron Bowl. We know about Ohio State, Michigan. But in terms of sheer, pure hatred, one school has for the other and vice versa. Egg Bowl and BYU-Utah feel like the just nastiest of these rivalries. Yeah. No, I mean, I... And the fact that they could be really good this year. Yes. Yep. That, that both of them could be good and that either one, that they could come in very evenly matched would be a lot of fun. So I'm with you. I'm with you. We, we'll see. I mean, do we, do we dare do a Thanksgiving Day episode from the Grove? Could oh, we do I'll, that? I'd do that. Um, I think that we don't need him as a DD. Tyson, just get hammered with us and we'll Uber. I think that's great. I, 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 that is a much better offer to Tyson because I, while I appreciate Tyson putting in the work, you don't need to work with us. We, you need to party with us. That's that's the thing. We, I want to show Ari what it's like to to be. You know, he's gonna he's older now, 
So he's not he did, he won't get the experience of being a student in an SEC school. But I'd like him to see what it might have been like had his life turned out a, bit, a little bit differently. Had he made a few different choices. Can I make a weird prediction right now? Yeah, go ahead. I think it's possible that Ole Miss might be like seven and zero. It's possible. I'm looking. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They're okay, playing Troy to week one. Remember how their schedule goes. So let me let me look that up and see what we got. I'll read it to you. Troy week one win. Okay. Week two Central Arkansas win. Win. Unless week Scotty three, shows up at Georgia Tech win. Mm-hmm. Four Tulsa win. Five at home at Kentucky would be a good game, but probably win. Vanderbilt is that yep. six. Uh, that's six. And then Auburn, yeah. And then Auburn they... is seven. And then at LSU, they could probably win that Auburn's game. Auburn's not a gimme. Here's the thing. Let's not confuse Brian Harson nearly getting tossed in a coup with Auburn being just bad. No, like, I'm not saying it's a gimme, but if Ole Miss is good, yes. they legitimately could be eight or nine and oh going into no, the they're, Alabama they're, their game in Tuscaloosa. Is, their schedule is quite backloaded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, so they're, they have... At LSU, at Texas A&M, and Bama, all in Alabama, row. at Arkansas, and then Mississippi State and the Egg Bowl. That is a rough. But imagine close, if they got through yes, it, the Texas A&M game. Pretend like they got through October undefeated, and they have a week off in between A&M and Alabama to prepare for Alabama. Like how fun that game could be. Well, are you and I would be in Oxford for that game? Like you and I would would camp out on the square starting about Wednesday night. So, oh my God, I would have. Lane Kiffin Twitter notifications on. It'd be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If that I'm happens. I'm actually rooting for Ole Miss this year. If that happens, we're going to be there, Ari. So let's just, we'll, we'll, we're going to speak that into existence right now. Because one of, one of the most fun weekends I have ever had was I covered that 2014 Ole Miss Alabama game where game day was there and Katy Perry was the guest picker and Ole Miss won and uh, Dr. Bo Wallace had maybe the perfect second half. And it was just a spectacular college football weekend. It was everything you could have imagined. Uh, like I was, I was talking to uh, one of the the close, like the closest living relative to William Faulkner the night before, drinking bourbon with him <laughs> at Wright Thompson's house. Like it was, it was amazing. So I do think if Ole Miss can do that, if Ole Miss can get to the Alabama game undefeated, we will do a special. Week we, we should have like an podcast. Andy Staples show like campaign get Ole Miss undefeated to the Alabama game like it's just something we should talk about. Weekly. I don't I, I don't know that there's really much that we can do to ensure they can. beat can Kentucky and LSU and Texas A and M, but sure we can speak it into existence. We will try. We will we will absolutely try. And but we'll just I want sp- everybody to know that when it happens, you heard it here first. Yes, we will begin speaking it into existence now. <laughs> so. Lane Kiffin, if you hear us, if you're within the sound of my voice, if you're if you're done trolling Tennessee fans on Twitter, you, you got to be undefeated when you play Alabama. You got to make this happen. I realize you take it one game at a time, but let's let's take it all those games, just win them because uh, we're gonna get it already. Oxford, we're gonna make it make it happen. Everybody, it has been a lot of fun. Please keep leaving those five-star questions because you are five-star listeners, and as we all know, stars matter. Joel Klatt coming up this week. State of the Program Texas coming up this week, and more of your five-star questions later this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.